Okay, can we stop laughing now and roll initiative? Seriously, it isn't that funny. The axe beak is really quite nasty. Yes, I know it looks like an ostrich with an axe for a nose. Can we just roll initiative? Fine. Combat not tough enough for you? The three axe beaks are joined by a pack of Al Mirage. Yes, they look like bunnies with unicorn horns. Hello and welcome to the new year. It is 2020 and we are the Grognards. I'm Dean Geiken. I'm Eric Holly. And Eric, um, I'm sorry to say, but I think Greg has forgotten that it's 2020. Yeah, he's still living in last year. <laughs> he, hasn't, he hasn't set his clock yet. His alarm is still saying 2019. Yeah, so that, I'm like, sure he'll be here yeah. at some point. Yes, he will. And we will work him in seamlessly. Until then, let's talk shit about him. <laughs> no. He, he, he died in my campaign again. Oh, did he really? Yeah. Oh, man. He dies a lot in the a game. A different character, but another death. And um, <laughs> I've, I have taken one more step towards the uh, backslide towards old school. And have you? I, I now require a resurrection survival role. Upon and really, and you lose a point of constitution. I love that. I, there has to be some, some penalty for yes, dying. Exactly. There has to be a risk. Otherwise, people are like, "Oh, third level revivify." And you know what? I I follow some people who do a lot of gaming, and they're talking about, "Oh yeah, my character died, and I got uh, you know, I got they hold my yeah. body yeah, back, three hundred gold piece gem, yeah, and now blah, I'm blah, back blah. alive." Right. And I was like, and. You didn't pay any penalty for this. You're not like, do they still lose a level? No, no. Do you, you gain, depending on the spell, you can get exhaustion, levels of exhaustion. Ah, hey, speaking of the dead and returning from the dead, Greg, Yeah. I heard you died. We were just talking shit about you because you weren't here. Yeah, great, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, your character had an ill... Uh, a, oh, a bad fate. I don't fate. even remember how he died, but... Uh, yesterday? Or last No, time? it was two, two times ago, but we haven't the recorded. Necklace. Picked up the necklace. Oh, that's right. It was a very convoluted thing. I think I just picked it up. A strangulation yes, necklace or something? Yeah. Well, but he his body was possessed. <laughs> so it was a weird situation. Yeah. Really? He was in another so. body, but his soul was there. And But he decided to acquire the necklace, and I interpret it since... He we, was, were, we were running by, and I just grabbed it, yeah. Yeah, there was a weird... <laughs> his body was there, but it was unconscious. Are you part crow or something that you see something shiny and and you you need to grab it? Uh, I, was a, I was a bard with a, like a, with a urchin background, so I am the default thief in the group. I guess so. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> so Okay. Yeah. Hey, look, something no, shiny. I, I, I didn't come to work yet. I didn't feel good yesterday. I didn't come to work, and... I've only been awake a half an hour. Uh, <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, so I didn't shower or anything. I just threw clothes on and came in. Well, we are so, glad to have you here. Well, yeah. Okay. So. Maybe we should slip in the games people play, because we already sort of did. Oh, wait, should, maybe we should talk about what we're well, talking I, about. I still want to hear about your slide into first edition D&D in fifth edition. Yeah, well, just, you know, in order, I think just death has to mean something. I've The other idea I've toyed with. It does with, in real life. The other idea. <laughs> okay, now I'm confused. The furniture yeah, over there. Yeah, we had a little bit of a rearrangement of the furniture. <laughs> yeah, for those so. who don't know, I'm in a comfy chair that makes me sweat on my back, which I'm not really too happy with. <laughs> We'll put a shawl behind you. 
<laughs> I don't know if I need a shawl, but <laughs> I did just enjoy the regular old seat. We could probably work something up for you. Okay. Oh. Um, yeah, so I don't know. It, there's just fifth edition. It's it's easy mode mm -hmm. by default. I, I just don't like that. There has to be some risk for their rewards to be valuable. Yeah. And dying in the game should actually be something you're worried about. Yeah. So right now you, you spend a little money, you get some levels of exhaustion mm -hmm. that'll eventually go away. Or you can cast them away if you have the right spells and spend more money. But now you make them lose a point of constitution and they have to make a, 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 resurrection, a resurrection roll based survive. off the first edition table. Yes. Wow. Which for a high enough con, you don't have to get, I think, 14 or 15. It hits yeah. 100%, but it starts to drop after that. So Yeah. Now this is just in your home game. You, don't, yeah. you cannot do this in no, AL. No, you can't do can it. Can you imagine game. throwing that into AL? Um, no, I could not. <laughs> People would lose their shit. Yeah. <laughs> People yeah. don't die very much in AL because the Let's modules... Let's just throw squirrels at them. <laughs> yeah, well, except for squirrels. Yeah. But even that, the guy who killed you wasn't even following the rules, so... That's I think, Yeah, so why bother, <laughs> you know? If he's not going to follow the world, rules with squirrels, so... Uh, we might see him again. We got GaryCon coming up. That is right. Registration for events is in February, correct? Yeah, I believe. They have a weird, they stagger it for yeah. four different badge levels. And Some of the games that I want to get into are already three-fourths of the way sold out. Oh, yeah. Half the stuff I want to do is going to be gone by the time we yeah. get to register. And so, so I'm already doing a backup so. plan, so who knows what I haven't is. looked at the list yet. You I, I never fully. I never even fully signed up for Winter War this weekend. I only signed up for three things, so I'm going to be there Bright Looking and, at the board. See right and early available. on Friday. Well, I'm going to yeah. make a list and yeah. try to get into stuff as soon as I get there. Yeah, we should. Uh, you know what? That's a great segue that Greg just gave us. So let's talk about the games people play. All right. So I know the three of us are planning on going to Winter War. Which will probably have already happened by the time this podcast oh, right. drops. But we can still talk about yeah, the drops tomorrow. And it's one of the oldest gaming conventions in the Midwest, to my knowledge. I mean, it's coming uh, it's up on 50 years close, right? 47, 47, 47 this year. Yeah. Okay, I was going to say it was 46 or 47, yeah. I think they should do something really grand for the 50th. We should do something really grand. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> we, we can it. do a live podcast Ooh. from Winter War. <laughs> yeah. Three years from now? Holy smokes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, I am running three games, and I'm playing in two, um, although I like to think that when I'm GMing a game, I'm also playing it, too. So. Yeah. 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 And I suppose you're doing all kinds of AL? Yeah, I'm running... I'm playing one AL game, and I'm running the rest of the slots except for Sunday afternoon because I have to help a friend move. Oh, man. And what about you, Greg? Are you just doing all RPG? Uh, oh, yeah. That's all I usually ever do. But <laughs> I've, I've got tons of slots open so uh, since I've only signed up for yeah. three things, and I, I want to say it was a couple of Cthulhu's. And Are you doing the Cthulhu else. on Sunday? Uh, yes, but not the same one you're doing. Oh, darn it. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of wanted to be in on that game with yeah. you. Yeah, I... Uh, can't remember how or why I picked the one I did. I think it was just the first one on the list. Mm. Well, that is the first one on the list. On I did. Sunday. I didn't sign up right away either. I was just like, "Oh crap, we can sign up for Winter War already." And yeah. someone says, "Yeah, yeah." So I, the one you're in, might have been full by the time I okay. got to it. Or I have a Cthulhu game I'm running to go for Mafia on February second, ten to two. There's February still a couple 2nd? slots open. Yeah, or, or it's a is that, Sunday. Is that the? Ooh, that might be possible. Is that the same Sunday that? The Super Bowl? Will yes, be on? it is. Yes. Hey, yeah. it does not affect me. I am not a football fan. A I'll sport be... ball? I love the sport ball. <laughs> yeah. All those teams and stuff. Doing their things yes. and getting those points. Getting that ball in that spot and getting those points. God, you guys are <laughs> such nerds. <laughs> 
Oh, we're celebrating at my house, you know. All right. Because my wife is a huge 49ers Let's just have, for the record, (laughs) Greg has chosen football over gaming. So, you know what? You know what? In Boy Scouts, we would cut a corner off of his grognard card. Uh, He can do both. He can do both. I think my wife would shoot me if I was not around for the, uh, the Super Bowl of the decade for her. So... It's going to be good. Oh, that's right, because she's what, a 49ers? My wife is a gigantic 49ers yeah, okay. fan, had always been. I, you know, When I met her, she was already a crazy 49ers fan. Nice and, save there, Eric. I didn't know. want to embarrass myself and ask who was playing. Yeah. yeah. No, I just know it's two teams I could care less about. Yeah. No, 49ers Chiefs. It actually ought to be a good game for a change instead yeah. of a First time terrible Chiefs, blowout like, game. Since Super Bowl four, I think. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully this podcast airs before the football. Uh, uh, it should. Yeah. February 2nd. Yeah. Super Bowl. So. So. Well, okay. What, do you, what have you guys been doing? And we really have I got I have been, a ton of stuff. Yeah, same here. Um, it's been almost three, four weeks since yes. we last got together. So I thought it was seven. It might, it's it been a long been. time. Yeah, I, I had one back. of my gamers who listens say, hey, what's going on with your podcast? We're just tired. Yes, yeah, yes. And the holidays just mess everything yeah, up. Well, we couldn't get in the studios over the holiday because the, right. the college, college, is is college is closed. And All right. So first thing, let me plug D8 Summit. Okay, um, up in North Utica, Illinois, April 24th to 26th. Mostly RPGs, but looking to expand out. I'm going to be running Call of Cthulhu there as well. Um, a lot of AL, some other games. So check it out. Uh, you can find it on the internet at um, bit.ly, B-I-T dot L-Y backslash D number eight summit 2020. Uh, there and- should really be an easier way to contact people. Or yeah. find information. I mean, if you do D8 Summit on <laughs> okay. Google, it'll, it'll find it. So I'm on the board for that convention. It's uh, growing every year. I think this is maybe the fifth year. All right. So so get there. Uh, Dean and I have been going on our miniature yes. resolution. Yes, and I think so far we're doing pretty well. Here's my problem. We are doing well. We're both keeping up or a little ahead. I have to lower my standards. Like, I just, I could be like, I'm done with this mini, get to the next one. I'm like, no, I can just do one more thing. Now, my latest thing, I just spent, God, I don't know how much money on basing materials. I'm like, yeah. See, I don't worry about basing materials because mine are for board games. Yeah. As opposed to like, you know. Yeah. Uh, like what you're using them for, you're using for but a, RPGs. But a nice and base stuff. really pulls out. It does. The- it does. I will not argue that point. But for me, I'm going to be putting a color ring on the bottom of it anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So. Conan does have those colored rings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so that's going well. It's nice, starters. It's, yeah. It's nice that you have a dedicated space to do that. Yeah. Well, my house lovely. is a dedicated yeah. gaming space. Does help a lot. Yes. Eric's entire house is a dedicated space <laughs> to gaming, which is nice when you're single and can set that up. I have yeah. two rooms in my basement. Yeah. My wife has made me move my little thing of paint that I have acquired to get ready to start painting. She, I keep having to move it and put it. You can, move it, you can move it to my house. Eh, no, it's not that much oh. paint. That's right, Greg. We expect <laughs> one a month from you, yeah. so that was your resolution yeah. we agreed upon. So, yeah, we are having a good time with that. I, yeah. I'm enjoying it, and I do have to agree. I'm not, you know, lowering my standards, but I am finding that I'm making decisions and, and what I want to well, do a lot more quicker. I realize I've been, like, trying to actually learn more, mostly through YouTube videos, some through asking people I know, like Keith Pogue, who are really good yeah. painters. Um one of the things I realized I was doing, okay, so if you want to paint something really small, I always went with a really small brush. I'm like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. No. Huh? No, not a really small brush. A zero is really the smallest you want, but you want a brush with a really good point. Yeah. 
True. The small brushes, the paint dries out too quick. You don't have time to do the work. A large brush will hold more paint. It'll dry out slower. And as long as you have a good point, you can get that nice fine detail work. Okay, yeah. I never, I'm not an artist. I would have never thought of that. And I'm like, oh my, and I'm watching this guy, like it's some, I don't know, he's some foreign guy from Europe, Scandinavia-ish, and he's a Warhammer painter. And I was like, oh my God, this guy's doing like pupils with a zero size brush. Yeah, a quad. He goes, all you need is a two, a one, and a zero. And mm. you want the rounded pointed tips and you can pretty much, that's what you're going to be doing everything with. And maybe a big one for, you know, when you're slapping paint on something. Yeah. But uh, So as we're doing this, I'm actually like, improving my painting which is sort of good yeah i would agree with that so um kickstarters oh my god kickstarters have been on fire for both of us oh, lately oh yes uh both good and bad for yeah. me yeah so why don't you tell you clued me into the tie kickstarter yes both eric and i um we backed kickstarters for nerdy ties I had not seen that. I it was I only caught it in the last twenty eight hours of it. Yeah, and I can't think it was like Hero Image. I think is you what you should called. share this stuff. I I, did. I, I actually haven't uh, I haven't really engaged in much Kickstartering in the last several months. Good for you. So. <laughs> I know. I need to take a point from you. Um, anyway, it was it, these cool ties. Yeah, and I wear ties almost every day mm -hmm. for work. Right, and I'm gonna find more reasons to wear ties now. Let's see, and uh, I never wear a tie. But uh, really great stuff. They've got stuff from Legend of Zelda, Game of Thrones, Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. What else was there, Eric? I don't remember. Uh, there, I mean, it's still up there. You could yeah. probably find it. It's probably close. But, you know, they usually sell that stuff afterwards as well. The other Kickstarter, Hero Forge, the custom mini company, yeah. coming out with color custom minis. Yes. Yeah, I heard about that. So I put in just for one. It was like It's like 40 bucks for a single mini. <gasps> but I was like, you know what? I just want one. What if you hate my it collection. and you want to repaint it? Uh, I'm not going to do that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, and but the, the more impressive With your thing pointy brush. is they have yeah. a mini designer, so like it's almost like the old. Uh City of Heroes game where you can get fine detail with shading and everything. Yeah, so yeah. I'm looking forward to I just want to play with it and yeah. see what it's capable of. That's why I backed it. I, I, although you could probably do it without backing it, too. Yeah, I I've, I've uh, ordered from Hero Forge before and I've been very impressed with them. Yeah. Um, although I think the next time I do it, I'm going to go for a slightly better quality material because the stuff that I had ordered, a little on the brittle side. My mm. One of the ones I just painted for our mini painting with the uh, Don Diego... The Cavalier yeah. who fights better with no pants. He was a custom Hero Forge mini because obviously it's hard to find a Cavalier with no pants. Right. I don't know why. It, it sort of makes sense. but <laughs> Beats my kind of man. Um, but if anyone checked that out on, on the webpage with his leopard print underwear. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other one I saw, which is just random, a deck of tarot cards that are geared towards adventures. So they have like beast types and adventure types. So it's not a traditional tarot deck, okay. but it looks like a tarot deck. But the cards are specific to like D and D RPG kind oh, of okay. adventures. For all the tarot reading you do. Well, I don't know. I'll work it into. <laughs> I'll work it into an adventure. Yeah. Yeah. I, ironically, holy I, smokes! I got a Kickstarter yesterday. Haven't gotten one in months and months and months. Folks, we're sitting here in the studio and I, what we thought was a bag of chips being opened by Greg to have his breakfast it's is actually a bunch of dice. It's Poly Hero Rogue set. Yes! The Poly Hero Rogue set, which I this the, was like a year wizard. ago or yeah. more. When you were playing a rogue. Yeah. Yeah, that's <laughs> that's that's the funny thing is, yeah, I bought these. I was playing a rogue who has I have since not, but here's the... Uh, nice. Yeah. That's the full set That's there. the first time I've taken them out of the bag. Okay, this so what yesterday. we've got here is we've got... Ooh, this is a cool one. We've got one of them shaped like an arrow, and this is an eight-sided die? 
Yeah. Because yeah. the eight I, I bought the extra set of that yeah. so you can do right. arrows. Then we got one that looks like a loot bag, and that is the ten sider. And then another loot bag that's also the other ten sider, I guess. What is this? The one that looks like a gem. Oh, that's, that's a like a gem. Yeah. It's a twelve sider. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, it's like a, a very large yeah, diamond. I'm a dice the purist. I don't know. Yeah. And then we got little potions and whatnot. So where's your 20? Oh, there's some is. extra. Yeah. So what is this supposed to be? A tankard? You know, I'm not sure a what they barrel. call that one. That's, um, <laughs> Let me see. It looks like a barrel. We'll take pictures of these, and you'll see them on the Facebook. Yeah, actually, if anyone is, like, really nerdy, it's fascinating the number of names they have for, like, the barrel. Like, based on the size, it's like a ton, a, ton. a cask, a barrel. Yes. I, I mean, there's, like, ten different names. Yes, yes. Yeah, but, that yeah, that does look like a barrel. It looks like a barrel. And yeah, then he's, what is, what is... Oh, and then we've got a grappling hook. Yeah, they actually got the grapple, got the the skeleton key, and the rope. I think those were the okay. ro the rogue specific. The skeleton um, key is a two sided die, and okay. I'm going to roll call the coin. <laughs> also called a coin. coin. I got a one. Okay, I don't know That's how about right. Yeah. Um, so what is this little device over here? This little lever. Um, that is the lock pick. So see, it's essentially there's a little thing down there, and I haven't totally. Uh, well, we're gonna have to post it. pictures because people yeah. are listening to you, you describe it. this, and it means absolutely nothing. <laughs> yeah, to it's them. a lock, and it has. Uh, it, basically, it's a it's a cover on a top. Okay. And you spin it, and the and the number pops up in the hole there, and, and then that's uh, what you get. Yeah, kind of cool. It's interesting. That that one's been out for a little while. I've seen yeah. that one in person. Do you have one of those, Eric? No. Somebody Actually, I know has one of those because this I've one played... is pretty cool, but it keeps spinning for far too long. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Yeah. A, you're, you learn really early a, not to spin it so hard. It's been around for three yeah, thousand exactly. years. So you got your Kickstarter in. That's awesome. Yeah. That is really I, awesome. I had almost forgotten about this one. It was so long ago. But uh, yeah, I'm, I'm excited yeah. about the arrows, the arrows and the daggers. Honestly, on these, what I noticed on the wizard set is the more sides these things have, the less useful they are because so it's, it's like I that mean, hundred sided die. Yeah, it's essentially it, it, a ping pong ball with like slightly flat. Yeah. I mean, I'm spots. not gonna, I'm not going to roll this barrel, but I'll pick up a handful of these arrows if I'm shooting arrows back when I had a character with arrows yeah. and uh, you know and and that works and it's readable but cool. this thing is not readable and you know what, what is that it's that's I'm gonna set that in front of me and go hey isn't that cool yeah people are go ooh and on think that you're really yeah. cool yeah, and this one here it's them. gonna this one's gonna end up on its back most of the time I think you're supposed to spin that one too uh, that makes it too hard so yeah. I got one other thing big big news my yes. Adventures League module hit yes. DM's yeah. Guild yeah. Uh, yes. the hand fasting mm -hmm. which is a uh, uh, medieval term for essentially a wedding. Right. But I posted something on Reddit about it, and some ex-military guy was the first one to point out that apparently in the military they called um, foregoing masturbation the hand fast. <laughs> nice. I go, that sounds like something <laughs> that would happen well, You in start the slow and then you go fast. Yeah. So I'm like, yeah, it's not a module about that. Oh, um, my gosh. I, I guess you could be, if depending which way you take it. But yeah, um, that's hilarious. Yeah, but it's been selling well. I mean, it's four ninety nine. All the other stuff I p have had on DMs Guild, I, I never did it for the money, right? I yeah. did it for essentially the love. Yeah, of the most of the stuff. And I put it like, ninety nine cents. I'm just like ninety nine cents. But if somebody's willing to to make it, you know. Give me a little something for my effort, uh, and that gives me enough that I don't ever really have to pay for anything on DM's Guild. I can mm -hmm. just use my credit. Uh, but this one is actually sort of making a little bit of money, which... Nothing wrong with that. Yeah, and... Um, is it number one on Amazon? No. <laughs> no, which we'll talk about. Yeah. Um, but not right now. Not right now. Um, and I have an idea for another Adventures League module, which... We'll talk about as we get into the meat of our content. There's a specific monster that I'm going to work into. All right. 
So, um, so what have you guys been up to? That's my that's my list. Well, much of mine shadows yours. Yep. Uh, in the sense of that the minis painting the miniatures for our New Year's Eve re- resolution. I did complete my other New Year's Eve resolution for 2019, which was to play a hundred games in 2019. Yes. I played 63 you, unique you games. got that by, like, July, I think. No, no, no. <laughs> Close, but not quite. Uh, I played 63 unique games and 143 total games. Yeah. So I think I kind of crushed that 100 thing. Um, also with Kickstarter, Kickstarted the Beyond the Monolith uh, expansion for the Conan, Conan Batman, I I got Batman that and, and Claustrophobia and stuff like that. They pulled that Kickstarter before it even finished. Because they realized that what huh. they were trying to sell was not what the people wanted. Really? Yes. That's interesting. Okay, so they wanted, and, and I want to talk with Matt, hopefully have an opportunity to attack with him to talk about it. They were selling basically expansions for the base game. Eric, you and I both have the base game, and yep. that's what they call the adventure mode. I have where two. It's, it's yeah, <laughs> it's where uh, one person plays against others. It's an asymmetrical type of game, and they were going to make more adventures for that scenarios, and a solo co-op mode. People mm-hmm. were all over that, <laughs> and then they also wanted to throw in this thing called Beyond the Monolith Universe system, where you could pl- play any of the games. Against each other, so you could have Batman and Conan versus and, Conan, yeah, and all this. Who would of... win, Batman versus Conan? Well, apparently that's not what the people wanted. That and sounds they... super, super ambitious. Too. Okay, wait a minute. Don't distract me here. Yeah. <laughs> Let's assume Batman does not have advanced knowledge. He's fighting Conan. Yeah, who wins? That's a tough call, man. I mean, Batman has all kinds of technology. Yeah, could Conan break out one of uh, one like Batman's it's boomerang grap- the rope, grapple, the things, grapple yeah. thing if he like wrapped him up? Because that Conan, would be the like immobilizing Conan. But, but Conan's like a hero. Yeah. Could Batman's little bracers stop a uh, full-on swing with the sword? Because no, no. He, Conan's he sword would cleave Batman. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, yeah, I think, but so. I I would be fearful of the little rope because it's a leverage issue. Yeah, if your arms are pinned to your side, you can't really get you, the leverage. No matter how strong you are, yeah. I don't think your your deltoids are quite that strong to yeah. break your arms up it's, and out. It, it pains me to say I think Batman might have that one. Yeah, possibly if he gets him grappled. But Conan's also got a little bit of thief in him. He could catch Batman by surprise. Yeah, and then be like a like a one shot kill. Yeah, critical hit. Use that cloak against him. Cover his eyes up. Strangle yeah. him. Because yeah. Conan's not afraid to strangle somebody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so right, anyway, anyway, they canceled that Kickstarter uh, because it wasn't going to make what it needed to for the goal. And so what they're doing is they're backing up and they're going to kind of, from my understanding, get rid of the universe system mm-hmm. and go the versus system is what they were calling it and go with just the Conan adventure mode solo co-op stuff yeah i don't know i wonder how much of a crossover there is between the people who play conan and the people who play batman i have a feeling it's not a lot like not as much as i know one guy who plays batman and he doesn't play the conan he didn't even know about the conan maybe it was a way to bring people together to get the batman people and the conan (laughs) people people don't want to be together well their idea was to play with what you have to give you a bit more but also to expand on what you have and people didn't want that extra I, mean, I don't genres are genres for mm-hmm. a reason yeah people you know i'm a conan fan i'm not a batman fan yeah. although batman is my favorite superhero yeah next to spider-man 
but you know um yeah i know i'm mixing with yeah, dc and, and don't get us down know. a superhero path because yeah, then we we're go gonna down. spend an hour so and i'm also uh tell you what you know you work hard both of you guys work hard when you're you know doing your games and al and stuff like that but i'm doing a play test for an upcoming kickstarter oh game. my god i hate play tests that is hard work yes because you have to run and you have to be atten- pay attention to a lot of different aspects and you have to take notes while you're trying to run the game. Yeah, and you're trying to pick apart the mechanics and yes. make it either work or yes. break. And I was brain tired when I was done doing this. Now, are you talking to your players about it too, though? Afterwards, or are you just yes. playing? And Okay. Yes. Getting feedback and everything. Yeah. Yeah. We used to, every few sessions when we were play testing Buffy, we would sit down and talk about what worked and what didn't. And it is. Because Tom was supposed to send, yeah. you know, reports in and all that. It's exhausting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. My, my favorite part is one time we were asked, uh, we videotaped ourselves playing. Mm. Because they, uh, the, the people in the licensing office did not know what a role playing game was. Oh, no. And so they requested that we, uh, we send in a videotape of how the game functions in we a group. Need to, we need to get that on the internet. That's going to, that, it's, it's got to be. Playing Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It's got to be hilarious. And it was, that how was many a, years ago was that? That was in like 2003. Okay. Was we, we played tested, no we play tested for more than a year. It was the people in the, uh, in the, um, the licensing office for the company, the main, you know, like a couple of steps up the chain. Right. So yeah. So somewhere I have a, uh, a uh, VHS <laughs> C not Betamax with uh, well, this was in the 2000s. Okay, so, how do you yeah. not know what a role playing game is well, when you're they, a licensing company for that game? Well, no, they licensed for the, the game for the, company. Yeah, for the, the, the game uh, company knew Buffy what a role playing game was. Slayer. It was the people. Uh, I I don't think it was the Mutant Enemy Office, but it was like the uh, who was that? That was wasn't Fox or CBS. No whoever whoever okay. the parent company was, the the end you, gotcha. the end licensor. I gotcha. They were confused, and so they put out a call for it. I guess we were one of the few people that sent in. This embarrassing videotape yeah. of us playing. Well, I have to do a playtest every month or a report on our playtesting every month. So they weren't that strict, I don't think. Yeah. Although we were playing every other week. I like the way Wizards does their stuff. They put stuff out on Unearthed Arcana. And then, because then you get people like me who like do the degenerative strategy. What if I min-max a character to take yeah. advantage of this? How bad can I break oh. the game? And they get a thousand replies, too. Yeah. So yeah. not like the, I don't and know, what, 20 of us that were playing. they don't have to pay for it. Yeah. yeah. But that's really what I've been doing since the end of the year and since the last time we got together. So and just planning cool. for the upcoming cons. Uh, we've got, what have we got? Uh, Winter War, which will happen after this. we got Hoosier Con coming up. Yeah, I actually, I'm not going to hoosier con because i realized that if i go to hoosier con i have i think five conventions in a row on subsequent weekends because we have the is gary con the last weekend in january or sorry last weekend in march i was gonna say um, yeah i'm going up to the midwest gaming classic in milwaukee the first weekend and that's also the weekend of lexicon another local convention uh, but I'm running a cosplay fabrication workshop up there because I'm trying to sort of test out how it works in other places. Hoosier Con was the following weekend. The Roll Call Convention, which mm-hmm. is an AL convention down near St. Louis, is the 17th. The D8 Summit's the 24th, along with Farmageddon, which is another local convention for Boy Scout charity. And then... That's like in May or something. DICON is another... No, Farmageddon's in April 24, 26. Really? And then DICON is another St. Louis-based convention, is June 5th. <laughs> Do you, you know the real reason why he's not going? Hmm. People are tired of taking care of his dogs. 
There is well, that. that might that could be <laughs> that too. could be. Yeah. I can understand that. Every weekend, <laughs> oh my gosh, Eric's calling me. He wants me to take care of his damn dogs. So I don't know what I'm gonna do when the kid graduates college and goes to graduate school. I'm yeah. gonna figure something out. <laughs> yeah, dogs. But are, as long as I also have the car, so when he takes care of the dogs, he also gets oh, a car. Gets a car. Yeah, I they're attention whores too. Those dogs. Yes, <laughs> yours can. are. Yeah. 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 So. Uh, that's all I've been doing. Greg, you got anything that uh, uh, I, rounded uh, out with? I've done very little, actually. Just, uh, you know, we played with Eric here this last mm-hmm. weekend, and that was the first time in quite some time. Oh, well, we had played early yeah. December, and yeah, then, early of course, December, the holidays then, yeah, jacked everything up. So. Did anybody get anything Christmas-related for the holiday? Oh, uh, but, and my Star Wars thing is still chugging along, though. It's We, we do meet, and it's, it's still a feast or famine. One week, everybody showed up. Two weeks later, two of us showed up. But that was a weather thing too. Yeah, I, we got some people that are you know don't like to drive so much yeah. in the weather, and so that, so, that happens. Yeah. Stuff happens. I, I had happens. A, a, it wasn't Christmas related, but somebody showed up at Adventures League night, and he says, "Yeah, I used to play first edition. I still got all those books. I don't even know what I'm going to do with them." Oh, oh said, you lucky bastard! I said, um, "Do you want to sell?" I said, "Well, you know, I'm really looking for the deities and demigods with the Melibonian and the Cthulhu in it." Oh yeah, I got that. I said, really? Do you, if you bring it in, I'll buy it from you. He brought in all his stuff. Now I try to give him fair prices. Is one of those deities and demigods in good conditions? Two hundred bucks. Yeah. Um, his wasn't great. There was some some problems. But was I, it the truly the the yes. one that? Oh, it had yes, all. Three it had of all them? of it. But then he's like, well, th- some of his books were real rough shape. Um, he had well a bunch loved. of early modules, but he had uh, put three hole punches in all of them because he had them in a binder. He put three hole punches in hardback books. No, in modules. No, the, in the, the modules. modules. Um, and he also had a pretty pretty rough looking DM screen. So I, I gave him probably what screen? he would get. What did he three hole punch the DM screen no, too? No, no, oh, no, good. No, that no. would be super but it was weird. Just rough. <laughs> uh, so I gave him probably what he would get on eBay without that because I can always just sell them and make my money back. I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to like yeah he had no idea what they were worth uh so you were I, shooting to flip he, he was pretty surprised it was in the hundreds of dollars really I ended up passing over to him so you know buyer and seller beware i don't know if i'd have yeah. given him that much money yeah you know he's he's a regular player he's been coming so it helps uh rebuild my my collection so i got the dmg now i think that's pretty much it for AD&D. Oh, Oriental Adventures I don't have. I haven't replaced that. Although I still might have mine in a box somewhere. I think I might have one, and if I do, you can buy it from me. <laughs> <laughs> Let me look for mine first. Okay. I might still have yeah, it. Yeah, we are in the process of buying Dean back Dean will not our... give you a fair price. No, I will not. <laughs> no. We are in the process of buying back our childhood, aren't we? Yeah, that happens. Although Greg never That's got wonderful. rid of his childhood. No, I never got rid of anything. Yeah. Yeah, I have everything. I, I'm pretty good about it, but I did get rid of some things that I wish I hadn't. Yeah. But you have I never everything. Acu- I never accumulated a lot of game stuff. I never had a wide range of game things. I mean, you know, I when did. we started out, we were playing Palladium. Mm-hmm. There were four books for that when we yeah. quit playing. I have all four of those. Um, I, I we played Champions. You. I have a lot of Champions books. But since I never see, since I never Game Master, I only ever have to have yeah. the source books. I admire you. I think both you and I are kind of the OCD types in terms of our stuff. But I was also willing to let go of stuff I never really 
used much anymore. Yeah. So I didn't yeah. acquire a lot of stuff I didn't use. And things, there were some things I bought that I never intended to play. I bought them to read and for source material. You know, mm -hmm. the, the Aliens role-playing game, which is not a good game, but a nice-looking book. The Aliens uh, board game is a blast, by the way. Yeah, the newer one. But I'm talking no, about the, the old one. Yeah. I have the old one. Okay. I, I don't yeah. know if I got we'll that one or not. Gentlemen, um, go ahead. Go ahead, Greg. Yeah, I know some other things. The, yeah, I had a guy, I freaked out a guy at the bookstore the other day, at the comic shop, because I still have like brand new, the um, DC role-playing game Watchmen uh, supplements, which are suddenly yeah. now very popular. Mm, yeah. And, you know, five years ago, we, you, you people were using them to, to shim up tables with, and now everybody wants the damn things. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, I wanted to ask about, you know, uh, you were talking about an old game that was not very popular back in the day, or it is popular, the, uh, the Aliens game. Speaking of Kickstarters also, Dark Tower. Do you recall that I game? I saw that. Yeah. I don't I remember that game. It. I Did you play it as a kid? I think I might have played it once. It's by I, Mattel, and yeah. it's some type of and adventure. And it electrical, fantasy. and had, like, batteries, and a tower, and... Yeah, it was all kind of fantasy-related adventure and war I, gaming. And I know that those were a thing on eBay, and right. people... That and the original electronic Dungeons & Dragons game, also a thing. Yeah. There was a... Well, weird. it's back out on Kickstarter, and yeah. I'm tempted by it because it looks very cool, but I've also since acquired a 1966 Ford Thunderbird that I'm spending a lot more money on because I can drive Cars it. Cars are a money pit. Yeah, but this is a beautiful money pit. Um, they always are. Yeah, but I thought about it, and a friend of mine, he went all in because he says he's always regretted never going all in. That's like two hundred and fifty some odd dollars. It's an expensive, yeah. but that last time I looked, that Kickstarter was oh, it's like totally in the it was in millions. millions. Yeah, here, I think yeah. they wanted eight hundred thousand, and they're like at twenty five million right now, or tw oh. two million five hundred. Wow, wow, yeah. it was just over one when I saw it, but that was like day one. Here's what makes it easy <laughs> for me: I'm going to have to move again, right? I, I'm renting right now. I'm probably going to buy another house because I hate renting. Uh, so anything I buy, I'm going to have to move. <laughs> True. <laughs> that makes it really easy for me to go. Nope. Not getting that. Yeah. Yeah. Too big. Too bulky. Yeah, I decided I'm not going to back it. I just don't think that it would get to my game table no matter how cool yeah. it is. Too many games, not enough time. time. Yep, exactly. So We'd start out with, a, did you guys, did you get anything fun for Christmas? Or? Um, no. Or, or, ding, or, Mine or was a very time. small Christmas because, as I said, my wife said, you've got a Thunderbird in your garage. You don't get Christmas this year. You got a, you got a Rock Auto gift card and that yes, was about exactly. it. Yes, yeah. exactly. <laughs> Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm a car guy when I'm not a game guy. Yeah, I used to be a car guy. Then I got smart. <laughs> yeah. I guess I never smartened up. But yeah, well, yeah. I was. I liked race cars, and oh. race cars are even more expensive. Yes. yes. Yeah. I uh, I actually did get the DD Five E Rick and Morty oh. uh, box. Yeah. Uh, I love Rick and Morty. Yeah, if you're and, a fan, it's, I, I, it's I'm funny not... stuff. The trick playing it would be is if you were going to run it, you, you would need to do the. You voices. should talk to Dan about that. He's a he yeah. has a character he plays in Adventures League that's a Rick character. Huh. He actually the figure looks like Rick. really yeah, very cool. I think he's a wizard. Yeah, you get you, the character sheets are fun. It's it's all it's written very well. It's a very well produced little box. It's you know I I don't know that I'll ever end up playing the thing, but I'll enjoy reading it. Yeah, and uh, I went through the comic book series. Uh, I got some dice. Surprise! Uh, somebody got me some really nice dice that I would not afford. My daughter was uh, very sweet and bought me some um, lapis. 
dice. Really? Yes. Like real lapis. Real dice? lapis dice. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. That that is my yeah. If you raise your kids gemstone. to be gamers, you get good yeah. presents. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think I know who his favorite child is. Yeah, he is now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, she moved up in the will. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Ding. Ah, she is the oldest. You get the dice. <laughs> you get all the rest of the dice. You get these silly dice right here. Um, and uh, actually, I also got, and I haven't really spent much time looking at it. Um, somebody gave me uh, that brand new Alien role-playing game. Oh. Have you yeah. seen that? It's by the same no. company that does, um, it's a Swedish or Swiss, uh, same thing, you know. Tales um, from the Loop. <laughs> no, they're The not. Tales from the Loop. It's a company yeah. that does Tales from the Loop. It's a really interesting system. Yeah. Which uh, I hear it's very playable. I just finished listening to another podcast where they reviewed it out. And um, yeah, the first thing we know is you can play it either in a campaign mode where you ex- where you hope the characters will survive. And then the mode that you probably will play it in more often, which is the one like a one shot mode where you expect all the characters to get slaughtered by the yeah. aliens. Hmm. So um, yeah, it's a four characteristic system, too, which is very interesting. It's very that's a very character sheet light. Uh, so are you going to run this now? But uh, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I have to read it. The thing's like an inch thick. It's a huge, it's a beautiful, huge book. All those right. books from that company well, are really nice. if you run nice. it, that's uh, becoming I'll the check it out. thing now yeah. is producing not only a game, and hopefully a good game, is producing a beautiful rule book Yeah. in Game Source. Uh, it's for Scandinavia. I think everybody here <laughs> in this room knows our friend Dave Hoover. He yeah. buys these game books just for the artwork. Yeah. Yeah. Well, didn't Star Wars pull in a lot of the supplemental material into the canon when it was acquired by Disney? Well, it's kind of worked out like that. The old West End game Star Wars, since that was that, all they written, generated a ton of content because yeah, it Star was written, it was written during the dark times, which is yeah. the period after Return of the Jedi, but before the special editions came out. And the, the book sold really well, but they had you know three movies worth of content, so they just started generating all this content. And the people who are now creating Star Wars, especially people like Filoni and them, they. Um, Dave Filoni, he's in charge of the cartoons and the Mandalorian. They were big fans of the game. And yeah. so things that originated in the game rule books are now seeping into the movies and stuff. Some yeah. of the, the, the racial names of some of the aliens from the Cantina Bar, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a game. You have to, you have to, you have have to spell yeah. everything out, you yeah. know. And so uh, that's, that's been super cool that you, when you see something, you go, oh, I remember that. Um, yeah, when uh, watching Mandalorian, when they, somebody whipped out a med pack, I was like, "Oh, med packs! Those are from the games." I've, you know, yep. characters have, we've had. I've had characters med packed to death before. <laughs> yeah, if you crit fail uh, med pack roll twice, that kills you. Isn't it great when <laughs> gaming starts to bleed over into? It's, it's your, all yeah. sort of one yeah. big pool when you think You're about it. Entertainment, entertainment you know, mm-hmm. movies, books, yeah. games. And that line that was not as clear in the old days. Like I just read a, a post online about how a lot of early RPG uh, designers also worked in computer games for ad, like adventure or RPG, and they just crossed back and forth. Um, oh yeah, Janelle, Janelle yeah, did. Yeah, Janelle was a okay. Just back yeah. and forth. I worked in computer games. I worked in RPGs, and you still see from Sometimes the old at guard, the same time, yeah. Yeah, you still see that crowd. Now it's much more delineated. But, well, hmm. but part of it, I think, days, too, is that the computer game, that, that's gotten more specific and more intense and a much well, and more it's a expensive team. industry. It's, it's, an, it's an industry yeah. now, yeah. not for, you know, four dudes in a room coding. It's, yeah. Four, a bil- you're a bil- lucky <laughs> in the old days. It usually one dude <laughs> in his underwear in the basement. Yeah. 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 You code so. better with no pants. 
You, apparently, you do a lot <laughs> yeah. of things better with no pants. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Do you That's DM true. with no pants? I, if I could, I no, might. No, we don't let him do that. Yeah. Well, you don't know what happens under a table. I know. He's got a long table skirt, oh. doesn't he? Well, he has to get up every five minutes to do something with the dog. Yeah, so. the dogs are very needy. <laughs> yeah. I thought it was to go to the bathroom. He is getting to that age. That's true. I can't say anything. <laughs> yeah. Right, hey, so are we done with games people play? I don't know. We've been going on for yeah. almost yeah, uh, We're going to have to timestamp this. You might want to make note of the time so <laughs> people who don't want to listen to our ramblings can just go right to the to the meat of right the Right to the beasties. So, yeah, that has been our review of 2019 and the end of uh, 2019 and the beginning of 2020 with our segment, Games People Play. All right, we're going to get into the meat of this discussion, and we are talking it's about... game meat, isn't it? Yes, it's game meat. Um, <laughs> and they will make meat of you if you don't react to them well enough. We're talking about beasts. Yeah, you know, when we decided this, I, that we're going to do this series, I actually wasn't that excited about beasts. I was like, that's going to be sort of one of the lame ones. I mean, who, who cares about beasts? And then when I started working on the outline, it's sort of really interesting. I... I it's more interesting than I thought it was. And we also decided, you know, last time that when we did Aberrations that we're going to sort of focus on those that have carried on from first edition. Yeah. For the most part, unless something really catches our eyes. And I think the new format is I'm going to talk about the original version and then you can add stuff. Dean's going to add stuff about uh, the fifth edition what version because he's here. sitting in front of the computer. Yeah, with a caveat because yeah. the first on our list is dinosaurs. Now, dinosaurs I put first for a reason. Okay, because okay. they break out all of the dinosaurs. Okay, so first they get, edition they dinosaurs used a lot too. Yeah, appeared in a monster manual. There are like twenty six dinosaurs. Can you name twenty six dinosaurs? Uh, maybe five. Yeah, five. <laughs> Brontosaurus, which they don't use those words anymore. But yeah. I, I watched a lot yeah. of Flintstones as a kid. Yeah. So dinosaurs hold a special place because they were like experience point bags. They're just mm-hmm. big bags of hit points, no special abilities, right? The the T-Rex was what everybody wants to be. Yeah. I don't even know if we have a experience point. I thought they had them on here. But I just remember they were in Isle of Dread, which was an expert mod. Yeah, what we would steal stuff for our AD&D mm-hmm. game. And you could just go in there and whoop up on dinosaurs and get a ton of experience. Yeah. Uh, it's a challenge rating 8 in 5th edition, which will give you 3,900 experience points. Yeah. So, so. And, and AD&D, I don't remember exactly how much experience they gave, but they... They did one to six, one to six with their little short claws, but then they did five to forty with their bite, which was a pretty, pretty nasty attack. But and they had eighteen hit dice, so they had a lot of hit points. They were basically big bags of hit points. But by the time you were fighting a T Rex, you probably had a pretty good armor class. Yeah, and it, it didn't have any weird stuff like mind control or, you know, there was no crazy stuff going on. You just had to stand toe-to-toe and duke it out with yeah. a dinosaur. In 5th edition, the T-Rex does not get his tiny arm attack. <laughs> no? <laughs> no, he, he's got bite and tail, and that's it. Yeah, I don't know how the tiny arm attack... I assume it's a it's a claw-claw bite. That's what most yeah. of the, the are, yeah. they are. But they got... They got a lot of dinosaurs. Yeah. There's the Allosaurus. There's, oh my gosh, there's all kinds of dinosaurs in the beast. There's Allosaurus, Ankylosaurus. Yeah, that's a classic. Uh, Brontosaurus is still in there, although that's in Volo's Guide to Monsters. Um, yeah, they don't use that term anymore. I don't believe. Yeah, there's a yeah, that's a problem. Is all yeah, all, all of our grade school. I dinosaur think that was a Brachiosaurus. Is now yeah, the, Brachiosaur, yeah. uh, 
do they, they I don't think they still use Diplodocus. That was a, uh, there's the we have that one in, in. Oh, it's in it. We I, it's in the book. The, the, the list in here is exhaustive. Like most stuff Gary Gygax worked on, he Let's went see. all in. Uh, yeah. Yeah, there's the. I was Demi the dinosaur guy in grade Demetrodon, school. Demetrodon, Demetrodon, the dino. Yeah, Demetrodon. Yeah, yeah. Demetrodon. Thank now, you very much. <laughs> now in fifth edition, the dinosaurs are appear in Cholt mostly, right? Which is like yeah. the, the jungle kind of mm -hmm. thing. Which that land that's of the fine. lost. So no sleaze stacks. No. Okay. No sleaze stacks. You could homebrew a sleaze stack. If you, you just want. made my heart warm there, Greg. <laughs> I I like to play. That's what I'm I here loved for. that show. I like <laughs> so to play much. barbarians named Chaka though. Yeah. You know that's also a land of the lost thing. So yeah. I brought, just so people know, I brought my Monster Manual, my Monster Manual 2, and my Fiend Folio. So, that, you know, I have... The full spread. I have the whole spread. The the next... So so dinosaurs, just fun. They're still just a big old bag of hit points, yep. but it's fun to beat up on dinosaurs. So the next one or is a Fiend Folio. And as we've talked about, Fiend Folio had the weirdest stuff in it. It was from across the pond. God knows Those UK where they, guys, they're wacky. The, all Mirage. Now, I don't even know if this is still a 5th edition monster. I don't think it is. Uh, yes, it is. It is. Okay. So and the, it's a cute little bunny with Al a unicorn. Mirage. It's a rabbit with a unicorn horn. <laughs> and spots. Yeah, well, back. I, I, in Monster back. Man, you just, or Fiend Folio, you just have black and white. <laughs> it's a spotted rabbit. Yeah. yeah with that's, floppy ears. That's a, really, uh, that's a really lovely illustration. Yeah. <laughs> I, I don't... No, it's like just a rabbit with a horn, essentially. And apparently he's vicious because he will attack you with a five plus five to hit. Yeah, unlike most rabbits. With one D four plus three piercing he's a damage. Small, he's a small target, too. Yeah, so. yeah their alignment in uh, Fiend Folio was neutral, so they were just literally rabbits with a unicorn. Okay, my, yeah. my question on that Fiend Folio, what's the copyright date on that? Is it before or after Holy Grail came out? Oh, good point. What yeah. year was Holy Grail? Holy Grail was 75 or 6. 81. It's well, it's six. after, clearly, because okay, yeah. AD&D was 77, yeah. 70, 70, 70, 79. Okay. Right. Yeah, but when did Monty Python and the Holy Grail really become so. famous? It was in the 80s. Yeah, but they were it's in the 80s already. already so. Yeah, so they would have been aware of it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So the Al Mirage. So next one, again. Now, this, is, this was an original one, and I tried to do research on this one. And I couldn't really find much about it. Yeah, we went skimpy on that illustration, didn't yeah, we? Yeah, it was the, the axe beak. <laughs> okay, it's so like it's like Rorschach. an ostrich thing. with like an axe for a beak sort of looking thing. Yeah, well, the image on D&D &D Beyond is looks like a panther. Yeah, they've it's changed the, they, the thing. So I think they gave up and didn't have one. Yeah. The description in Monster Manual is that it was a prehistoric <laughs> carnivorous flightless bird. <laughs> <laughs> that were very fast runners and aggressively hunt during daylight. So they're like ostriches, but like like the rabbit with the unicorn horn, it's an ostrich with a axe on its face. Yeah, it has an axe to grind. Yep, on your yeah. head. The, uh, original D and D went into much more detail. This one just says an axe beak is a tall, flightless bird with strong legs and a heavy wedge-shaped beak. Yeah. It has a nasty disposition. No, it, <laughs> actually, that's probably more detail. Here's the oh, idea: okay. axe beaks are prehistoric carnivorous flightless birds. They are very fast runners and aggressively hunt during daylight. An axe beak resembles an ostrich in its lower portions with a strong neck and a heavy, sharp beak. Okay, well, so what I, else do I you don't need to know? know what world axe beaks come from, but hey, if you want to threaten your players. Chase them, and, and they appear from one to six. So, like, you might be dealing with six of these, like, mm -hmm. axe-faced ostriches. How sure, many hit points not? do they have? Uh, 19 on average in 5th mm. edition. I mess up some low-level characters. Yeah. So, uh, 
one quarter challenge rating. I give you guys an updated. No, I didn't. Okay. So, so there's a lot of these beasts that are just silly. Just oh well, I don't know if silly's the word. I would but use the word silly. Sure. Now the other thing I notice is with beasts is you can take a normal creature with just a normal name and add a really cool word before it, like mm-hmm. like blood hawk yes. okay. so <laughs> sounds like I mean, a superhero what's, what's yeah. scarier than a hawk oh look it's a the blood same picture hawk. as the axe beak oh that, that must be their uh, yeah their placeholder shot yeah uh D beyond needs to pick up the pace when it comes to illustrations i'm blood and hawk i'm not even sure which book the blood hawk appeared in my parents is it a, is it a fifth edition monster <laughs> yes it is it is uh taking its name from its crimson feathers and aggressive nature the blood hawk fearlessly attacks almost any animal stabbing it with its dagger-like beak blood hawks flock together in large numbers attacking as a pack to take down prey they have seven hit points they can fly 60 feet challenge rating of one eighth and uh 1d4 plus it sounds like a sturge yeah, so that's what we should talk about next. Okay, so the Bloodhawk was another fiend folio monster. Um, and, you know, like you said, they, they haven't changed a lot. They're essentially... They're a Sturge. They, they resemble <laughs> regular hawks, but they have razor-sharp talons. No, Sturges are way nastier. I, I know, We're I We're going to talk about Sturges. So, and they still attack in packs, which mm-hmm. is ironic because hawks are essentially solitary animals. Yeah. But not blood hawks. Yeah. They no, travel and, in And do in birds flocks. go in packs? They flocks. go in flocks. Yeah, yes. flocks. Um, <laughs> Come on. They're all flocked up. <laughs> so let's talk about Sturges. Okay. So I, I believe that was a... Let me, it's way down on the list, but we it's can alphabetical, it. yeah. yeah. We can skip around. Sure, yeah. why not? We're adults. But, well, it's sort of related. So Sturges were underground, subterranean... And they wait for warm-blooded creatures, and they're basically like bats with this long proboscis, like yes. a, a needle for a nose. And they're not that hard to Weird. kill, right? They have very few hit points. Two hit points in 5th edition. Yeah, they were one, one plus one hit die in 1st edition, so a D8 plus one. Oh, and, well, they got more hit points in 1st edition than they do. Yeah, they do. And they attacked as four hit die creatures, which in... In first edition, meant that they basically, rather than they basically got like plus three to their attack roll, or well, plus plus two, well, plus one to their attack roll, plus one or plus two, so they hit more often. But here's the thing: once they hit you, they just start draining your blood automatically, mm-hmm. and you don't run into one sturge in A D and D. You ran into three to thirty sturges. Yes. And this is where mm. the action economy kills you, because each player only really gets one action. And so in 5th edition, they might get one bonus action, but if everybody has four Sturges sticking out of them, they're draining, I think it's a D6, right? Or, uh, five hit points. It's a 1D4 plus oh yeah. three. So a D4 plus three. So, so you're going to lose four to seven hit points from every Sturge, every round it's connected, and you can't get them off you fast enough. They just sort of swarm in, and what's their CR rating? Uh, one eighth. One eighth. So, if you throw enough Sturges for a moderate encounter to say like a third level party, you're going to TPK that party. Probably Sturges so. are not yeah. one eighth challenge rating. They are the nastiest monster. So, any DMs out there, if you want to incite panic in your players, hit them with a flock of Sturges. I just, do recall a first edition game where, for whatever reason, we thought they were somewhat vulnerable to fire. 
Oh, they are. So right. we started smacking each other with oh, yeah. torches well, and causing burning damage. Truthfully, <laughs> one of the best ways nice. to deal with Sturgis, Sturgis, center a fireball on the party. Yeah. yeah. And just everybody take the damage because you're going to take way yep. less damage in the long run yeah. and all the Sturgis will yeah, be dead. That's fair. Yeah. So Sturgis are nasty. All right. All right. Well, Thunder wave would mess them up too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Anything, any area of effect. So what's next on the list here? We cave bear. Cave bear. Remember that movie, Clan of the Cave Bear? Yes. Uh, so, again, going back great. to, like, let's just take a normal monster, but what's the, the meanest version of the normal monster? The cave bear. No. Cave badger. Cave badger. <laughs> okay, maybe. We'll talk about that. Now, in the, the original AD&D, &D, they had the entry bear, and then you had black, brown, and cave. So, you know, the cave was the nastiest of the three. And... You know, they did 1 to 8, 1 to 8, 1 to 12. So Cave Bear Claws, twice as effective as T-Rex Claws. Wow. <laughs> you know, and as a six-hit die creature, and a T-Rex was like an 18 or something. Mm -hmm. So so a Cave Bear's sort of nasty. It'll, yeah. it'll mess you up. compared to a regular bear, like well, a grizzly? Like a, well, a grizzly would be a brown bear. They're just one hit die less, and they do 1 to 6, 1 to 6, 1 to 8. So okay. sort of. Not quite. You know, it was a, pro a progression. And black bears are just cute, cuddly, so nobody wants to kill them. So, fifth, and fifth edition cave bear would not stand a chance against the first edition. He only You say it, they got three attacks? Yeah, claw, claw, bite. Oh, and they can hug. Okay. For two, which Aww. one? The cave bear? Two to 16. Who doesn't uh, want a yeah. bear hug? And for fifth edition, they just get bite, claw. Uh, well, they got rid of the claw, claw, bite a yeah. lot, I believe. So... So, bears yeah, so bears, again, that's one of those creatures that just sort of like, they're just going to mess you up. They're going to come out and try to swarm you. Now, the problem is they usually are solitary. You need a group of bears. Yeah. God, these are all just You need Yogi to... and Boo Boo. Yeah. Otherwise, <laughs> it's too easy to defeat a single you know, monster. I wouldn't want to meet a cave badger either. They're pretty nasty, according to 5th edition. I don't have them on the list. I didn't yeah. include uh, That's badger. just a list of things to polymorph into, and everybody knows it. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> okay, now we're going to go to... Eric's favorite. Yes. I have a character Beast. that is centered around this monster. The cow. Now, are we calling this a monster? It's a cow for love, for love of God. It's, it's a, a beast. beast. It's a beast. It's a beast. Okay. Now, in AD&D, you had the it's bull. The beast of a cow. Right? Four hit dice. One to six, one to six with a charge attack. Okay. <laughs> Couldn't they find a picture of a damn cow? What, what's the really? picture? I'm it's, looking, it's the placeholder picture. Oh, okay. Yeah. It looks okay. Like yeah. Really, cows how are much very is rare. D&D Beyond and they couldn't spring for a picture of a freaking cow? Go okay. outside. But, but it's Wisconsin. Here's, here's the reason I love them. So you can buy a cow, right? And theoretically, you can ride, you can mount a creature that's one size yeah. larger than you. So I have a goblin that rides what I call a war cow. It's just a normal cow, but I call it a war cow. But at first level, like, you can afford a cow. I forget how much they cost. It's yeah, not that blazing much. saddles. Yeah. Their attack only does 1d6, but if you charge with this, it does an additional 2d6. Yes, yes. There's no first level <laughs> character in the world, except maybe somebody using Inflict Wounds, that's going to do 3d6 worth of damage is, mm. with a single attack. So it's way more worthwhile to just charge your cow in every battle. That's got to be a really well-trained cow. I used to own cows, and I used to ride around on cows. They don't really charge too much. It's a goblin war cow. 
that's my that's it's my story. Different than a cow. It's a yeah. highly trained cow. Yes, okay. actually, yeah. now the cow that character's high enough level in Adventures League that I got a staff of the woodlands, and it's an awakened cow. Oh, so God. it has a ten intelligence and can oh, wow. communicate. It's a woke cow. It's a, yeah. <laughs> it's a midnight black steed with fiery red eyes. He's so woke. Buttercup. He's broke. <laughs> yeah. This is getting weird. <laughs> okay, so that's. That's may not be our best podcast, but it's going to be our most yeah, fun. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> cows are awesome. First level character, buy yourself a cow. Don't even don't even go into the dungeon. Just herd the cow in front of you and make it charge the enemy. And you have a milk supply and and fresh milk after every victory. Yeah. That is my rally cry. Yeah. Don't don't milk that bull though. All right, here's the one that cranium rat. <laughs> yes, cranium rat came out in Planescape. I don't have that source with me, but. It's still as disturbing now yeah. as it was back then. It, so describe the, the, the is bad. picture. Okay. Um, the picture is of a regular rat. Rat, except. But his brain is kind of exposed and it glows. Yeah. So it has like the top of its brain, sort of like that uh, Silence of the Lambs yeah. sort yeah. of. Oh, yeah. So here's the description. Or, uh, um, Nina Jones and the. Uh, they don't actually have a description. Temple of Doom. Uh, if you click on v- details, they might have it. I did. Oh, really? Okay. Well, they came up with was a picture. So I guess a picture is worth a thousand yeah. words, or at least in this, 20. Um, as a bonus action, the cranium rat could shed dim light from its brain in a five-foot <laughs> radius or extinguish the light. Woo! So it's like a rave. Yeah, so it glows. It's a rave rat. I think huh. this is more of an atmosphere <laughs> monster. Like yeah. when just normal rats aren't good enough, Here here's rats. a rat with an exposed glowing brain. Yeah. Yeah. And how big are rat brains? The one in the picture is pretty massive. It is. I mean, yeah, this looks I don't like think very... Are... This, like, takes up the entire... What's it, What's the intelligence on a cranium rat? Four. Four, yeah. I don't, That's pretty smart for a there's rat. There's a lot of unused gray matter on that, yeah. that rat. Uh, the cranium rat is immune to any effect that would sense its emotions or read its thoughts as well as to all divination spells. Who wants to read the thoughts of a rat, though, really? You now, rat. are they doing the same amount of damage as a regular rat? Or are they uh, doing more 1d4. Yeah, they're not... I mean, yeah. they're not going to TPK your party, but they're still... Uh, yeah. So, Eric, are we still going in line with the... Sure. Okay, so a Roth or a Roth? Roth. Yeah, I'm not Rothy. sure how to pronounce that. So Those are shoes. This is a something that came out in Fiend Folio, and I believe it was a deep Roth. Let me find it here, if I can. Nothing exists No, in 5th edition like that. I included it because I got it in Adventures League. So somebody, like, pulled this monster out. It's essentially, like, a mount. I don't even see it in Fiend Folio. I thought it was in there. I think he made it up. Deep growth. Could be. Oh. I might have made it. Let me look in the index really quickly. So... It's essentially like, oh, there, there it is, 76. Let me find it. Hey, we got a picture of it. It is a really big, nasty-looking ox. Yeah, they're like oxen-looking things. So more more they're vicious small bovine. small ox-like creatures with long black hair, and they have, like, uh, they attack with their horns and a bite. Horn, horn, bite instead of claw, claw, bite. Oh, apparently we're pronouncing it wrong. Oh, okay. Surprise. Rothé. Rothé. Oh, I don't do French. (laughs) (laughs) Rothé. So. Nine. You know, it's an old school. Now, you found the picture, but you didn't find it in 5th edition. Apparently it does come up in 5th edition as a one-quarter challenge rating creature. 
Yeah. It's not in D&D Beyond. I mean, if the normal old cow ain't good enough for you folk, yeah. there you go with the Rothe. And it is... has a charge just like a cow. Yeah. But it has spellcasting ability. Really? Yep. Hmm. It's a spellcasting cow. Does it, does it give any sort of a background or for yeah. why a cow would cast spells? It can innately cast dancing lights at will, requiring no components. Why in the well, hell would a cow need to do they that? They have an aversion to bright light and make their lairs underground near a lake or river where there's a good supply of lichen and moss to eat. So I guess they need the light to see the lichen. Okay. All right. Hi. Whatever. Uh, so another oldie but a goodie, the dire wolf. Yes. And this started like a whole trend with the dire animals, right? Yes. I mean, I think, I don't know if there was anything dire besides a wolf in early D&D. There might have been. But essentially, when a regular wolf ain't good enough, and again, when you look at the wolf ante- entry, they had wolf, dire wolf, and winter wolf, which was mm-hmm. actually twice as nasty as a dire wolf. <clears throat> but it only was in the chilly regions. All right, I got a bit of a problem with the fifth edition dire wolf. Yeah, it's wimpy. Yeah, it is wimpy, but it's got this incredible strength, incredible dexterity, really great con, uh, pretty high wisdom, and its intelligence is a three, less than a brain rat. Yeah, yeah. I mean, they came from, like, dogs, so they should be a little smarter. And it does 2d6 plus three? Well, I mean, most of the time, they're also known as wargs, so let's just put throw that out there. And (laughs) a lot of times you see them acting as mounts for goblins. Yeah, copyright. That's that's well in in the monster manual they have warg in parentheses so I they don't, didn't care back then I don't know if that is uh, copyrightable I think warg really? is a uh, predates uh, Tolkien as a term yeah so there's a lot of that stuff that Tolkien also lifted and and wanted to you know can't lay claim to so direwolves are nasty elephants elephant oh my god what a pain in the ass. I have elephants. never encountered an elephant other than as like background. I don't. I don't think I've ever run into one. In yeah, a never. So every once in a while, in Adventures League, like I'm all for letting people play the game they want to play, but every once in a while in Adventures League, I'm you get somebody who wants to there. ride an elephant through a dungeon, huh? and then and then frequently they will get upset when you tell them that elephant doesn't fit in this dungeon, or you just got scraped off of the top of the elephant by the the, yeah, the, the yeah. lintel so <laughs> the lintel. so you don't run into it very often even my cavalier who rides the war cow i have a riding dog that i can jump on if the i'm someplace that the cow won't fit because cow's large yeah i'm small dog's medium i can i can make that work can you ride the dog and then put the dog and have the dog ride the cow you could Yes. Here's here's mind bending. That's so weird. You can ride a centaur. A centaur is a, I believe, a medium sized creature. You can look up centaur really quick. We're gonna deviate into humanoids. Uh oh. Now you're gonna deviating. Okay. They might be large. I don't know. I think they're. Just got done reading. Oh, did I spell centaur wrong? C e n. C e n t a u r. Yeah, I spell it. And it came up wrong. Oh, Ah. because I'm in beast, not in all monsters. There we go. Sorry. (sighs) Got it. But I think it's theoretically possible for a centaur Centaur to ride a centaur. (laughs) Nice. For who to ride a centaur? A centaur. I think you can. A centaur can ride a centaur. 
I think I seen, I think you're talking a whole another action there, Eric. They're consenting adults, yes. 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 It's right. So so you know, but also like riding a centaur would just be even just a normal person riding a centaur, that's weird, right? I mean a little bit. Yeah. So anyway. So Elephants, it of course, in true AD&D fashion, Gary Gygax fashion, he breaks down the two different types of elephants because everybody knows you have Asian elephants and African elephants. Mm-hmm. So, What does he call them in the fantasy um, world? The, well, they're called elephants, and they're Asia, in parentheses, Asiatic elephant, and then Loxodont, in parentheses, African elephant. Oh. And they're... <laughs> <laughs> almost entirely similar. The yeah, the African a... elephant will do slightly more damage on one attack. Instead of 2 to 12, it does 2 to 16 and has one more hit die. I'm betting Gary invent, invested in that Encyclopedia Britannica. He probably did. And, you know, yeah. for many years, I wondered, um, you know, Hannibal crossed the Alps with elephants. This was this was actually something that bothered me for probably 20 years. I think I've... I've Gotten over it? No, I think I got the answer. Okay. What kind of elephants did Hannibal cross the Alps with? Because Asian elephants are much more trainable than African elephants. Yes. He started in a place where he would have could have acquired Asian elephants, but he traveled through Africa, so he could have picked up African elephants. Maybe he mixed and matched his elephants. No. In fact, they, I believe they were African elephants. It's hard to find the answer to that question. Hmm. Historians don't tend to document that very but well, Eric but. thinks he knows the answer. Well, I've, yeah. I've researched it. I've spent 20 years looking for the answer to this question. Where's your dissertation, my friend? I don't have it yet, but um, actually the dissertation would be on another concept, which is, ever go back to someplace you knew as a small child and everything looks much smaller, right? You're like the house, like, or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's, a, that's a weird phenomenon. Like, that implies our brain codes the perceived size of things versus the actual size of things, which yeah. the actual size would probably be handier, you would think, from a storage perspective. We wouldn't have to constantly update that memory. But from a survival perspective, all we care about is how we physically interact with objects. So it's, it's better for survival to encode the perceived size because it relates to our body size, which explains all the awkwardness in, in your teenage years when your body is growing at a fast rate because your brain doesn't have time to update that. That's a good dissertation for somebody. Anybody of our listeners can take it if they want. Um, <laughs> I don't I don't know if current mem- yeah. models of memory... It's open source dissertation. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. You're welcome. Okay, so anyway. Uh, elephants. Yeah, they're nasty. They will trample people. You know, I don't know how much <laughs> oh, else we need to say about it. Yeah, right. Giant apes. Ape. Yeah, again, a lot of these this monsters. Is like this, this, holy this, smokes. This is, this I did sh- not realize. What are the hit points in first edition? This is a shopping list of things okay. that, that Dan used to polymorph into have, all the time. So well, I'm that's why this is things. relevant for, for fifth edition. So yeah. in first edition, you had Ape Carnivorous, which sort of looked like a King Kong. Uh, they had five hit dice. Okay. So they're not, they weren't giant King Kong size. They were just large apes, like gorillas yeah. kind of thing. But in 5th edition... More like Mighty Joe Young than King Kong. When you polymorph somebody into it, because you can only polymorph into a beast. Yeah. So your number two choice is Giant Ape, because you can only polymorph up to the number of hit dice of the creature. So I think they're, what, seven hit die? Uh, I'm looking here. Uh... It's not actually under hit points and parentheses. Well, hit points is 157 hit points. And what's the Uh, number next to it? And 15 D12. 
No, or giant ape, 15 hit dice. Mm-hmm. Plus 60. Hmm. I mean, 157 for the average. That's Yeah, uh, no, they have a lot. Remarkable. But I thought they were That's less... more than the elephant. Oh, yeah, well, giant <laughs> ape. It's like in 5th edition, it's like King Kong. Okay, you're not talking like just a supersized silverback. No, I think, what size are they? Uh, they're medium or large? Huge. They're, no, they're huge. 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 Oh, they're yeah. huge. Yeah. Okay. They're, well, that's not the impression we're getting from fifth edition here. That are it's you like looking king, at the right thing? I'm looking at. I giant thought they were ape. way less than fifteen hit dice, actually. Because giant it, ape, you can come around the studio table here and take a look. Armor class twelve, hit points one hundred fifty-seven. Oh no, I know. What's their challenge rating? Uh, challenge rating. That's right. Seven. Seven. There you go. So you can only polymorph oh. the number of hit dice equal to their challenge rating. So if you're polymorphing seventh level characters, you have to polymorph them into a giant ape. At CR8, you get to T-Rex. So generally, you polymorph people into T-Rexes okay. unless they're only seventh level, and then okay. you can polymorph them. That's right. Had a little brain cramp there. So, so giant apes are great for polymorphing because you can just, like, go King Kong on people. They're, they're a blast. They're also pretty tough to fight because they do yeah. have a lot of hit points. <laughs> okay. The next category is giant fill-in-the-blank. I will. My favorite creature. Any animal, any just regular old animal that's not threatening in the least to a bipedal intelligent tool-using using human being becomes a threat in the giant version, and that's where you get your giant badger, the giant snail. There are three pages of it on D and D Beyond. Yes, um, yes, you get your disease beginning with diseased giant rat. Yeah, in case the <laughs> giant rat isn't good yeah. enough, yep. and it yeah. ends with. Um, I saw a giant hyena, huge giant crab. Yeah, that's called so, lunch for everyone. Yeah, giant versions of animals are nasty. Now there was one special one I wanted to. Pay particular attention to because Ooh. I have fond Ooh. memories of Ray Harryhausen these. was a big fan of. How the, about a giant riding lizard? Uh, <laughs> sure, <laughs> that's what they got. A, a giant gecko. Yeah. So in AD and D, you insurance. had giant beetles, <laughs> and again, true Gygax fashion, you didn't just have one giant beetle. Yeah, you you had bunch. six different varieties. You had bombardier, boring, fire, rhinoceros, stag, and water. And the fire beetle just, you know, it's a... Everybody used the fire beetle. Yeah. They, they weren't the nastiest. I mean, their hit die were only one plus two. But, but don't they travel in groups, though? And Yeah, they all travel in groups. And, and they're just... The idea of a, a like, this... They, they just attack with their mandibles. They don't have a fire attack. They glow. But just a swarm of fire beetle, three to 12 of them, mm -hmm. like, swarming you... Gives yeah. you sort Ew. of the ickies. Yeah. Yeah. So that that one, that's a fun one to include. Now, this next one we have, I don't recall ever. I was a big fan of the Fiend Folio. Were you? I, I, I was not. Yeah. I never seem to encounter this one in the book. Yeah. So it's the, a Jaculi. Jaculi. That's Jacula. both the singular and the plural version, according to Fiend Cool Folio. looking. They're agile serpents with chameleon-like camouflage abilities. Uh, they were neutrally aligned, you know, long muscular body, flat head with a ridge of razor-sharp bone projecting at either side. So... It's a dragon snake. 
they're not naturally vicious, but they the swarms are highly territorial and excitable. So again, it's it's a camouflage snake that will swarm you, and they appeared number appearing was eleven to twenty. Yeah, you know that's something that I'm not seeing in most of the details here is how many they appear. They don't. They don't. I, they might sometimes mention the description, but they got rid of that. Sort of, and you know, I mean, I sort of liked it. You to know whether it was a all swarms, pack all animal yeah. or a solo animal. Yeah, and that was a lot of the threat in AD and D was the number of monsters. Yes, it yeah. still is in Fifth Edition. The problem Fifth Edition is when you add so many monsters, you slow combat down so much. That it's a good resource train, though. Yeah. Okay, that's what beasts so, are for. So another fiend folio monster that's still around. Uh, I've never used it. Maybe I'll have to put it into a module. Excuse me. The mammoth. Mm. So, you know, we elephant have... elephant isn't good enough for you. Yeah. You know, when the elephant's not good enough, and what was the other one we saw? The, the, um, or the cow the or cow, the rothe. You know, I guess might makes right. If you're domesticating it, then think about how much time you have to spend combing the stinking thing. So, so in first edition, the mammoth was a mastodon. They basically just called it a mastodon, yeah. and it was a you know prehistoric elephant. Yeah. They were nastier the than elephants. You got five attacks: two to sixteen, two to sixteen, two to twelve, two to twelve, two to twelve. So nasty. 12 hit dice. Really? So, so, yeah. So, taking down a Mastodon would be a challenge. I mean, that that's like mm. dinosaur-like stats, but yeah. even better. I mean, they are nasty. First edition is far fiercer than fifth edition. Yeah. Wow. You said five attacks? Yeah, five <laughs> attacks. This gets gore and stomp. Oh, but you know what? They say they can't. it can only employ two of them at a time against oh, a single opponent. Okay. So, it's... Tusk, tusk, trunk, four feet. Four yeah. feet. So foot, 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 tusk, tusk, trunk, but it can only do two, I guess, at once. But still, two to 16. It's a dancing mammoth, then. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's nasty. That's the bus stop. So there are a lot of beasts. Like, <clears throat> I, I need to put more beasts in my, in my campaign because there are some of these that are pretty nasty, mm-hmm. you know? And I like to max hit points against creatures to yeah. make the battles last longer. So Yes, you do. Well, you've got Owl down, yeah. but that doesn't really need much comment other well, than the fact I just, that it yeah. tends to be a familiar. A, familiar. a lot of people like the Owl, and just we haven't s- said much about mechanics during this. So the Owl in 5th edition has a flyby attack. Hmm. So one of the things, familiars can't take the attack action. They're not allowed to. It's specifically called out in the rules. But they can take the help action. So it's a common usage for someone to send their familiar to harry the opponent so that they can get advantage on an attack roll. But then you have DMs like me (laughs) that are like, oh, here's a two-hit point familiar that's got a 10 or 11 armor class. I'm going to use my first attack. I'm going to gack the familiar. Because if you had some owl or a raven or a crow or whatever you know whatever the hell flapping in your face in the middle of fight mm-hmm. i'm sorry your first instinct would be to get rid of that thing that's annoying you and then deal with with the people especially if it's giving somebody an advantage to hit you right? right it's trying to distract you so the owl has an ability called a flyby attack which means they don't draw an attack of opportunity and i think they have a 60 foot flight movement don't they it's uh, somewhere gotta go back i kind of moved ahead a little bit oh well but i can do this they have they move pretty far it's either 40 or 60. so what you can do is you can fly in take the help action and then fly away 
out of harm's way mm. for the most part you're still yeah. you know it flies 60 feet 60 yeah yeah it does not provoke attack or, uh, opportunity attack so the owl is a good choice if you want to use a familiar in that regard because it can get away from I hear they deliver mail too mm-hmm. yes <laughs> only at hogwarts all right, now Turn coming up next, we have everyone's favorite. The ever, yeah, exactly. Yes. Everyone. Okay. This is on Eric's list, no this, doubt. This, the stench cow with I a K. Am, with I a K. am, okay, so the stench cow, <laughs> it's essentially a it's normal instead cow. Of, instead of uh, moo, it's pew. Uh, let me find the entry. It's a fairly uh, short entry. I think, uh, I think Gary had done a few too many spotted cows when he made this one up, so. <laughs> Yeah, uh, we spell it yeah. like K. I think it was Monster Manual Two. Was Spotted Cow still? Uh, was it a thing? No, back I then? doubt. No, no, it wasn't. Yeah. No. Back up in there, in Wisconsin. Strong parallel. It's one of the oh, great wow. things about going to Gary Con is there's all kinds of Spotted Cow to drink. Yes, there is. Yeah, yeah. Get that mug, get that twenty dollar mug, and just walk around. Think swilling we can, Spotted Cow all weekend. Think we can uh, talk a uh, uh, teetotaling GM out of their mug again this year, Greg? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's a story. <laughs> yeah, that was a good story. We had a good time. We did. We had to have so, a good time. We had to was, figure out how. Well, it was happy hour too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I had at least three, and I think I had three too. Yeah, and by the time I'm we the were the same mug, that could be. Oh, <laughs> uh, that, that's a story it that was, doesn't need to be told <laughs> again. <laughs> uh, so we got the stench cow. Yeah. Which there is very little description of it in fifth uh, edition. What makes it stench? I don't. I don't think it is a fifth. It's not a fifth edition creature. Okay, but it's in the. So I, I can't find it. Guide which, to monsters. Oh, it was in there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, I have to look. Yes. Um, so it's essentially a cow that inhabits the hells, right? It, it grazes in hell, and it smells. And in AD and D, it had the effect of a stinking cloud, essentially. Okay. Yeah. Um, I love this monster. Like that doesn't surprise. Me. So it's it's like fart sulfur or something or yeah no it yeah. just it just smells it's in hell it smells yeah, it's, and yeah. it's like and they describe it as either a brownish to orange coat with a green tinge yeah so I actually ordered six minis <laughs> and I'll point I'll post them because I'm gonna design they an only adventure count as one. for an upcoming convention probably an AO adventure and I'm gonna include stench cow it's gonna take place on the fifth layer of hell with Stygia which is a frozen waste which fits with the stench cow um, and I'm just gonna include them because. What's better than a smelly cow? Yeah, any creature other than a stench cow that starts a turn within five feet of the stench cow must succeed on a DC-12 constitution throw or be poisoned until the start of the creature's next turn. Yeah. Ew. Yeah. And then they kind of do the same thing as a cow in terms of charge and and So I'm going to include them in this adventure. And I'll I'll talk about the adventure after I get it it written and run, maybe. We already talked about Sturges. Swarms, so all kinds of swarms. Swarms didn't really become a thing till third edition D anD. d Yeah, and I like swarms. I like the whole concept of you know what? There's just so many of these things. They're just a big old a group, cloud. and you're just hitting them. And when they hit half, you you decrease their damage because you've killed enough of them. Um, there's a whole bunch of swarms. It, it gives you a little more utility. And you, you can turn anything into a swarm, which I'm probably going to do in the adventure. I'm going to include the stench cows in. I'm going to have swarms. Did you know there's a swarm of rot grubs? Yeah, rot grubs used to be an individual monster. Yeah. I, I seem to that. recall that. Yeah, rot grubs were nasty, too. I don't. Are they a beast? Are rot grubs a beast? They are part of the, yes, tiny beasts. 
Oh, uh, yeah. So we beasties. Rot grubs in AD&D were occasionally found in heaps of offal or dung. They are rarely found in ceiling walls or floors. These small creatures will viciously burrow into any living flesh which touches them, for they greatly enjoy such fare to dine upon. <laughs> the victim must immediately, immediately apply flame to the wound, 1d6 hit points of damage per application, or have a cure disease spell cast upon him. Otherwise, the rot grubs will burrow to the heart and kill their host in one to three turns. Wow. That is like that's, that's harsh. Now that's, that's ten to thirty minutes in yeah. AD and D. Yeah, that's beautiful descriptive writing. Yes, compared to what we get here, that's that's just like flesh. But here's the other thing that stands out to me. Okay, so you get hit by a rot grub. Yeah, you have to immediately, which to me implies within the round. Yes, you're in the middle of a fight. The thing flame, gets on you. One to yeah. six points of fire damage. Yeah. If you fail at that, the only thing that's going to save you in the next thirty minutes is cure disease. You're just dead man walking. Yeah. I like that. Now, this is a swarm of rot grubs, and it has 22 hit points as a swarm. Yeah. How do you game that when an individual gets hit by the swarm or an individual grub? Well, it's just all the grubs attacking, right? What are the effects on 5th edition if somebody hits you, a rot Uh, grub hits you? Pretty much the same. The target is infested by 1d4 rot grubs. At the start of each of the target's turns, the target takes 1d6 uh, piercing damage per rot grub infesting it, applying fire to the bite wound before the end of the target's next turn, deals one fire damage to the target, and kills these grubs. Like mini Sturges, but they don't kill you if you don't do it. You just take continuing damage until you get rid of them. Uh, if a target infested like by rot grubs ends its turn with zero hit points, it dies as a rot grub burrows into its heart. Yeah. So, I mean, it just kills. I mean, yeah, yeah you don't get death saving throws, so you have that that disadvantage. Okay. But All right, and here's our last and one. The last one, the Tressum. Tressum. And I think this is because a lot of gamers are cat people, historically. I know Dean. Oh. Dean's like, we ain't cat people, we're dog people. Yeah. This was me. like a shampoo, isn't it? Tresemme. That's a French one. Yeah, the Tresemme is a cat with wings. We have got Uh, a issue with how to spell this exactly. Isn't it T-R-E-S-S? Okay, I found it, yeah. All right. Uh, We have a description. A mischievous winged cat as big as a house cat with a wingspan of three feet. Thought to be the results of wizardly experimentation on house cats. Tresemme or Tresemme? Tresemme? are intelligent and have been known to form strong friendships with humanoids, particularly rangers and wizards. Yeah, so it's basically... It's a cat with wings. Yeah, it's a cat with wings. They sort of threw it out there. I don't even know when it first showed up. It's, it's To me, it sounds like a second edition monster. Sounds like it's less dangerous than Greg's squirrels. Squirrels are dangerous. Well, they're swarm. It was a swarm, though. It was a swarm of squirrels? I think so. It was a lot of, it was a lot of them. I, did I tell you I ran that module? Uh-uh. At, at the game store. I was uh-uh. like, oh, this is a module that killed Craig. Dan, I think Dan was playing. He's like, careful. Watch out for those squirrels. squirrels. <laughs> Did you kill anybody with squirrels? No. Because <laughs> the squirrels aren't particularly nasty unless you don't apply the rules correctly. <laughs> um, I'm looking for a squir- swarm of squirrels, and it doesn't come up. Yeah, I think it was just a reskinned swarm of something else that they said. They're squirrels, yeah. but just count this. And that's you uh, can I, call, that. I call squirrels tree rats, so you could just, yeah. And that's that's another trick that I've mentioned before if you're running a game. Don't be afraid to reskin monsters. My favorite one to do it with is trolls. Like the last time I had the group run into a troll, I reskinned it into like a crab, a walking crab-like creature. But it was just a troll. But 
when the party sees a troll, they know exactly. They what go, to do. "Oh, we need fire and acids, so or it'll regenerate." But when they see this huge crab-like creature with the same armor class, same stats, same everything, they don't immediately go to, "We need to stop it from regenerating." Until they see the regeneration, then they go, "Oh crap! Now what do we do?" Well, let's try this. And same with swarms. You can turn anything into a swarm. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, whatever you want, just. Take one of the ones in the book and rename it. A swarm of Eric's. That would be one the most is deadly ever. enough. That's the CR true. rating of a single Eric is more than adequate. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they are susceptible to flame damage. You though. know what? <laughs> I it's think a bigger product just <laughs> they have never rescinded dueling in the law. Like technically, dueling is still allowed. Yes. I think we need to make that a thing again. There's people in this world. I that, have done some research on the code yeah. duello. Yeah, code duello. Yeah. yeah. And it's quite, the way it's written, it's very. It's very, legalistic. It's, yeah, very yeah, legalistic. It's very laid out. It's very laid out. It's very clear. Um, it gives you lots of chances to make amends prior yeah. to drawing and, blood. And I think that's the solution to all the jerks on the internet. <laughs> I think we just allow dueling. There you go. Like, I mean, I. Call them out. Yeah. All right, come on, dude. You really think, yeah. you know, this or that? Okay, yep. come on. Let's let's meet and... And yep. and, and you must figure. use archaic weapons, ones that will hurt a yeah. lot. I mean, I'm good, personally. You know, like, I fenced for 20-some-odd years. Mm-hmm. I shot crossbow for many years. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I was on a sniper team in the National Guard. Now, granted, we're not going to use a 308, probably. That might it's be a little really overkill. not really dueling at that point. No, but, <laughs> no, but I would be not. comfortable. I mean, with a little practice, I guess I could I could pull off a flint lock or a wheel lock, which yeah. is the other irony from history. Wheel locks appeared historically before flint locks. It's a much more complex mechanism. It's actually very fascinating. It's called Germans. Well, no, it's because clockmakers <laughs> were the ones who made guns. Right, And exactly. they, had, they had experience with all these clockwork mechanisms. Yes, and the whole idea, I've, I've used a wheel lock before. Yeah. And man, is that a finicky device. Yes. Which is why they came up with, with the flint lock. <laughs> so finally an engineer went, wait, wait a minute, what the hell are you people doing? Yeah, yeah. the whole idea. And then it actually spun backwards. Yeah. It's, it's kind of crazy, but it's a very cool weapon to shoot. Yeah. yeah. So anyway. You used a match lock? No, I've never used it. But again, you know, walking around with with a, a flame arrow, you know, a, yeah. what do they call it? I don't even know. It was a basically a slow match. A is slow what they match. Call it. Okay. Yeah. yeah. You know, I could see where that would be problematic. Yeah. The whole idea. I've I've shot one before where you're walking around with that lit fuse, right? And then you've got some gunpowder contained in a barrel, and then another bit of gunpowder contained in a pan, and you have to blow on the fuse <laughs> yeah. to make it hot. Yeah. With the chance of a spark going into the pan, I mean, even though yeah. it's got a cover and all that, it's I, just I've, like, wow, how I actually the hell? thought <laughs> of doing a, you know, you ever see those old blue, uh, black beard uh, pictures, and he used to keep the fuses in his beard? Yeah. I've thought about doing a cosplay and actually, like, having the fuses. <laughs> Because that would bring oh, cosplay to the next level. Well, actually, I think you and I have probably seen that at some of the Renaissance fairs. Probably. And maybe Jubilee, the old English fair. Mm-hmm. Yep. So well, Then there's also, remember the movie Yellowbeard? Which I love that movie. Uh, there's pirating to be done. <laughs> That's right. That's a good movie. And uh, yeah, he he definitely kept the he he yeah. kept the beard. Uh, stagger, stagger, crawl, crawl, crawl. roll. <laughs> well, I still do that. I still do that. And people look at me like, "What the hell is that?" Yeah. I'm like, "Yellowbeard." Did you ever see that? And I'm like, "No, oh. never heard of it." <laughs> Folks, if you haven't seen Yellowbeard, you are. 
doing yourself a disservice. Go out and find it. As our public service announcement. Yes. Great movie. Okay, well, we've done uh, about uh, 40 minutes on games people play and 40 (laughs) minutes on beasts. I think we've done it to death. It's time to wrap it up. Or what do you say? Yeah. Yeah, Why not? We will, I guess, what's the next one? Do you have it up there? What's after beasts on the monster list? Uh, Oh, I just closed it out. Um I can bring uh, it back up real quick, and we'll find out. Aberrations and then beasts. A, B, C, D, E, F, G. Yeah. Let's see here. We have coming up on... Is there a C? Uh, it is Celestials. 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 Oh, okay. Oh, and then Constructs. Okay. Yeah, those are good. Do we really want to talk about Celestials? Yeah, you know... I guess we will. It became Dragons a thing. Elementals. I mean, it wasn't so much a thing in AD&D, but it sort of was. A lot of this became very much more delineated in later editions, yeah. but they were around in AD&D. Hmm. What people are really wanting us to talk about are going to be the dragons. You know that. Yeah. 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 Man. We'll talk about them. Yeah. <laughs> sure. All right. All right. Well, let's wrap it up. So, Greg, take us out. Yeah, if you want to uh, let us... Uh... And on your beast stories, uh, you can find us on Facebook, where we are the Grognards. On Twitter, we are at T Grognards. On Instagram, we are the underscore Grognards. And we still have our snail mail, where we are gamers at thegrognards.com. I keep saying snail mail. I just mean regular old email. Email. Yeah, I was going to snail. Nah. We have a post office box? (laughs) We could get one. We wouldn't get anything. Yeah, exactly. We barely get email. Can have our Kickstarter sent there. <laughs> well, so we I barely get anything. We might do an opportunity attack that'll generate a yeah. lot of a lot of traffic. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a hint on something we're. Or maybe we already did it by the time this podcast is finally that's true posted. We'll see. Okay, well, thank you all very much for listening for the Grognards. I'm Dean Geiken. I'm Eric Cauley. and I'm Greg Ziegler. Game on. 